So I was watching the X-Zone TV channel last night when I was abducted by aliens, and they kept repeating to me over and over again, Simultv.com, Simultv.com. What's Simultv.com? That's what I asked them. They had it written on the side of their UFO. How do you spell that? UFO. No, I mean Simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Right. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Interesting that you were abducted by aliens in a Simultv.com UFO last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Now that you mention it, I remember now last night I was awakened from a deep sleep. My great-grandmother was standing there. She said she'd come from the hereafter to tell me about Simultv.com. She even spelled it out for me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. Wow. Yeah. Guys, you'll never guess what my psychic guru just told me. SIMULTV.com. Exactly. Are you guys psychic too? Of course. We all know about Simultv.com. SIMULTV.com. The views, opinions, and conclusions expressed in the following program are those of the host, guests, and or callers, and not those of Relmar McConnell Media Company, our corporate divisions or entities, the Exxon Broadcast Network, Simul Radio, Simul TV, our staff, management, advertisers, broadcast affiliates, and affiliated broadcast networks. Welcome to Mission Evolution Radio Show with Gwilda Wiaka, bringing together today's leading experts to uncover ever-deepening spiritual truths and the latest scientific developments in support of the evolution of humankind. For more information on Mission Evolution Radio with Gwilda Wiaka, visit www.missionevolution.org. And now, here's the host of Mission Evolution, Miss Gwilda Wiaka. Hello, dear friends, and welcome to Mission Evolution Radio Show, where we share innovative thoughts and explore deepening truth in support of the path to unity and enlightenment. I am your host, Gwilda Wiecka. This hour, we'll be looking at grit, authentic spirituality. We all have our own ideas about what being spiritual looks like. Yet, as we evolve, these ideas need to expand in order to encompass greater arenas. Our youth are experiencing problems that were undreamt of in times past, just one of many examples is the addiction crisis faced by today's young people. We clearly need spirituality with grit in order to meet the growing needs and challenges of today. How can spirituality evolve in order to support our youth in distress? Where can we find the grounded, practical spirituality needed to meet our children where they are in order to support their evolutionary path to unity and wholeness? With us this hour to explore the spiritual challenges faced by today's youth is Chris Grasso. Chris is a youth mental health group facilitator with Newport Academy, public speaker, writer, and author of Indie Spiritualist, Everything Mind, and Dead Set on Living. He writes for Revolver Magazine, Origin Magazine, and Huffington Post, and has spoken and performed at Wanderlust Festival, Celebrate Your Life, Yoga Journal Conference, Sedona World Wisdom Days, and more. Chris works with people who are in the process of healing or struggling with addictions of all kinds. He speaks and leads groups in detoxes, yoga studios, rehabs, youth centers, hospitals, conferences, and festivals worldwide. His website, theindiespiritualist.com. Chris, thanks for joining us on Mission Evolution. And my thanks to you. So you're a youth mental health group facilitator. What's your educational background in that arena? Yeah, uh, so actually what I really appreciate about that line of work is I take a more peer-based approach. So I did go to school for drug and alcohol rehabilitation counseling, um, and I was halfway through my internship when I realized this is not what I want to do, at least not in this uh, specific Format And the reason that is, is uh, you end up as an actual professional counselor doing much more paperwork than actually spending time with clients. And that was not of interest to me. So I spoke with my professor, who was also my advisor at the time, and let her know, look, I really want to help other people. I don't know exactly how that's going to unfold but I know that this approach is not right for me. So 
I just held that in my heart and I uh, then actually started working at an elementary school as an assistant uh, before and after school enrichment program director. And I loved that because I adore children. So I was working with kids in uh, from kindergarten to fifth grade. I also began working with um, through that program in conjunction with the Department of Children and Family Services here in Connecticut, one on one with uh, young to older males, ages five to 15. And these are uh, young individuals that were put into the that system as a result of home family issues. And again, my passion just kept growing and growing. And uh, the work I was doing was with, uh, I'm not a big fan of this term, but quote unquote, at risk youth. And to, to try to make a long story short, during this time, I also started a website and uh, I was interviewing various spiritual teachers, musicians, comedians, actors, skateboarders, just people that inspired me um, because I'm a very diverse and eclectic kind of person. Well, I, at that time, I also started writing for other websites just about my own experience because I am in recovery from drugs and alcohol. And all of that started to take off. Next thing I knew, I was offered a book deal, something I wasn't even looking for. Um, and that is kind of what opened the door for me to then work more closely with youth in this mental health facility uh, in a peer-based role. So aside from that, I also get to speak at conferences, which you mentioned in my bio, and talk about not just drug and alcohol addiction, but mental health in general. And while I absolutely applaud and bow down to the professionals in the field. Um, I think there is something to be said for those that take a more peer-based approach. And I've at least found in my work, uh, specifically in the mental health field five years now, with young adults in general 15 plus years, that peer-based approach really connects and resonates with them because it seems like they take it as you meeting them at their level, not like you're someone above them with all these degrees and who's going to try to tell them what to do, what not to do, which is definitely not the approach I take. I like to, so like I you, said, yeah. Do you, do you um, like to serve as a bridge between the professionals and the, the youth? Uh, in a way um, I, that it, Newport, I think you could say that the groups that I run there, um, I go in the, what I appreciate are that the, I work with both males and females there 13 to 20. And in those groups, uh, I think I mentioned I do them three times a month. Um, they're very open, very raw, very vulnerable. We talk about our experiences. We share, um, I am in no way like sitting up above them. I'm literally on the floor with them. We sit on little meditation cushions and um, and we talk and we open up and we share about life experience. And uh, again, I, I mean, I do have that schooling background and I'm grateful that I took psychology courses and counseling courses because that certainly helped when I'm doing that. But overall, um, I think just an honest, open heart, no BS approach is what especially works very well with the uh, youth of today. What what new challenges do our youth face that we didn't? <laughs> That's so interesting. I'm actually uh, the new book I'm working on is specifically about that, and uh, I've been interviewing hundreds of teens slash young adults over the last couple of years about just that. Um, you know, one of the major ones uh, that I am focusing on, of course, is uh, school shootings. For example, mm -hmm. I was in high school in the early to mid nineties. And of, you know, there's always been violence and fights and once in a blue moon at my age, someone might've brought a knife to school, something like that. But there was never Columbine hadn't happened yet. There was never the fear of school shootings or violence. My brother is a high school math teacher. And, you know, I worry about that all the time. You know, it, it, all the communities, there are a lot of communities feel like, Oh, it'll never happen here until it does happen there. Um, and, and you know, what I've learned from speaking with a lot of young people, which has surprised me, is that a lot of the schools that they go in, they don't feel that they're taking very serious precautions to, uh, to hopefully ward off something like that. Uh, I'm not saying all schools aren't, but I was surprised at the number 
of different individuals I spoke to said that, yeah, their communities just, they might have a lockdown drill, but they really feel, they don't feel safe. Mm-hmm. And the last thing I'll share about that was, uh, it was actually someone I was talking to just this past Sunday at a workshop I did. And not only did she share a heartbreaking story about losing a friend, but what was even just more <laughs> so traumatic, uh, even to hear this was she was saying how her niece is in first grade and she has a pair of, or had a pair of sketcher shoes where when she walks, they blink and light up. She ended up throwing those shoes away. And this younger woman asked her niece, why did you throw them away? And she said, I don't want to be a target if our school gets shot up. That's yeah, a that's, first grader. That's it's it is traumatic. And what do you think is causing the um, increase in violence in our schools? Yeah, so you know, I do think it's a number of things. One of the biggest common factors, I think, is bullying, which I know bullying has always been around. Obviously, that's nothing new. But the extent to which bullying reaches these days, uh, it it often leads people to suicide, and even at such young ages. And it's also because it's not just in-person bullying. At least back when I was in high school, I didn't get bullied much, but I did experience that. I could go home at the end of the day, whereas when these young adults and teens are going home, they're cyberbullying, so they can't escape it. And kids just seem to be getting nastier and nastier to one another while on the same hand, um, because I don't want to just be all doom and gloom, I am also meeting and and working with and learning from a lot of really inspiring young adults and teens who are on the polar opposite end of that and are trying to stick up when they see people bullied. Um, I mean, that's not the only reason, of course. That is, I think, one of the major ones, the opioid epidemic, the overprescription of drugs that not to say people don't need medication but i think now more than ever or at least recently drugs were being prescribed to young adults and teens at an alarming rate often when unnecessary thankfully it's uh, a national news covered very frequently now so it's being much more regulated but yeah i think that also plays a role in it of course home life uh, plays a role Parents well, we're going to have to thought. pick up. Yeah. We're going to have to pick up with this topic on the other sure. side of a short commercial break. Sure, sure, sure. Chris and I will return shortly, so don't go away. You're listening to the Mission Evolution Radio Show, coming to you on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. you're a skeptic or a believer, join me, Rob McConnell, as together we'll investigate the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology here on the Exxon Radio TV show on XZBN and the Exxon TV channel on Simul TV. Since 1990, the Exxon Radio TV show has been the place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. Together, we'll investigate UFOs, aliens, ghosts, Bigfoot, psychic phenomena, lake monsters, conspiracy theories, government cover-ups, the truth embargo, alien abductions, ESP, haunted locations from around the world, and so much more. With over 28 years of broadcasting and more than 4,500 individual guests, the X-Zone is truly a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality, as evidenced by the credibility, integrity, and professionalism of the guests that we bring to our international audience. If you have seen a UFO, had a close encounter, seen a ghost, Bigfoot, lake monster, or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, Rob McConnell, by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com or you can call toll-free 1-800-610-7035, extension 143, and on Skype, Exxon Radio TV. For more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.exxoneradiotv.com or www.exxonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. 
Until next we meet here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Always remember X-Zone Nation, keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light. It's hard to listen to the news without realizing we're living in volatile, unprecedented times. Yet never has there been such an opportunity to transform the human condition. As old structures fail, where can we find the guidance to co-create a better way? Find Your Path Home is an ever-evolving, leading-edge information, education, and healing resource center designed to support and guide you on your path to unity and enlightenment. Based on sound principles employed by shaman worldwide, we provide techniques that can support you through the current transitions, offering online shamanic classes, international long-distance shamanic healing sessions, complimentary Mission Evolution radio episodes and Stairway to Heaven TV vignettes, seminars, retreats, and much more. All of this can be found on findyourpathhome.com. Welcome back. This is the Mission Evolution Radio Show, dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. To stay abreast of all the wonderful information and tools we have to offer, you can visit our website, missionevolution.org. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiyaka, and our special guest this hour is Chris Grasso. His website, theindiespiritualist.com. Chris, let's talk a little bit about spirituality and, and how the face of it is changing today, kind of leaving our, our youth staggering looking for more uh sure so i i do apologize i i did want to say you know we're talking about big topics here so i apologize my answers have been a little long no these problem. are big questions so it's hard to give a one or two answer response um, but i will do my absolute best for you um even that you know the the youth today uh, it kind of ties in a lot to what i was saying earlier they are hungry for something more, something different. And that's an approach I'm trying to give them where I'm tying in more relevant, uh, like pop culture, things that they can relate to, but tie it into gr the old wisdom traditions and popular teachers uh, like Thich Nhat Hanh or Ram Dass, uh, Pema Chodron, various from all lineages in a way that can excite them about learning about meditation and mindfulness. Um, is it just the meditation and mindfulness that you're bringing in, or are there some other traditions you're working with? Oh, I mean, it, it's really case by case. Um, I Those are two of the main focuses, but there are a plethora of practices that I enjoy teaching. It's just, it depends on the demographic, the age, the need. When I do workshops, I don't go in uh, with a specific game plan. I, I introduce myself, I let everyone else introduce themselves, and then I kind of organically determine where we're going to go from there. So uh, it might even be a music meditation. I like to bring my guitar and do live, you know, incorporate music into meditation and healing. Um, there are other practices like shadow work practice, um, just a I'm, whole number of things. I'm glad you brought up music because I remember clear back in my age, and I'm giving away my age, sure. um, the Beatles, yeah. um, their music really evolved when they started going and studying um, in the East and getting spiritual practices um, kind of incorporated into their music. Absolutely. Um, so how, would you speak to that a little bit? How, how do you see that happening? Um, I think actually there's a, the interesting thing I find is that I'm 40 and I grew up listening to punk rock and hardcore music at a very early age, something that taught me to look a little bit deeper, similar to the way the Beatles did in their music. They invited listeners to go deeper, go beyond what you see at face value. The interesting thing I see now is I'm, I'm finding a lot of people my age, give or take a few years, that also grew up um, with interests in that kind of music, um, looking for something deeper just now on a spiritual path. And I appreciate that I get to do a lot of work with Ram Dass and people that uh, did grow up similar to yourself, loving the Beatles. And, and we can have these conversations if nothing else, with music as common ground. Um, it's it's the universal language. So um, I love to incorporate that into spirituality however I can. Do you use rhythm as well? 
Uh, yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. I'm uh, I'm first and foremost a bass player. Then I learned guitar. Then drums. Those are my three instruments. So I don't typically um, do drumming when it's just me. I will bring an acoustic guitar, but I also do a two-piece kirtan um, band with my friend Alana Kaivalya. She's an incredible yoga teacher out of New York. And I, instead of using tablas, which are hand drums, I actually use my original set, my drum kit, which is not that typical for kirtan. Um, but I love being able to have that rhythmic pattern with her playing the harmonium. And um, and we incorporate, we'll do a verse out of like a U2 song, for example, and then incorporate a Sri Ram, J Ram chant. And that's just another way of trying to bridge and bring interest to people who may otherwise have not been uh, keen on that sort of thing. I know there's um, a, a great increase. In fact, I've worked in Head Start programs and stuff by introducing drumming circles and just mm. your basic heartbeat drumming. And the unifying force of that is amazing. Um, yes. We actually did some medical studies where the um, heart rates of everyone was measured before we started and they were all doing their random thing. Ten minutes into the drumming, they were synchronized. Have yeah. you experienced that and do you use that? I in a, actually in a different way. So I don't do that with drumming. I have experienced it. I have sat in those circles and they're lovely. One thing I do teach is called the Mahasati hand meditation. It's almost a, uh, in a way, a Tai Chi movement. It's 15 hand movements, obviously, which we don't have time to go into here, but, and I wouldn't be able to show you or your listeners, but it is a series of 15 hand movements and you do them in a very fluid way. And when I teach that and we do that in a circle together, it's really interesting how in the beginning, everyone's kind of going at their own pace. But within a few minutes or so, we all kind of come into this harmonious groove where it is a rhythmic pattern, even though there's no actual drumming or beats and it is done in silence, there is still this um, uh, just energetic flow of rhythm. And it's, it's truly a wonderful experience. Well, the things we're speaking about um, reconnect people to the earth rhythm. Absolutely. Um, uh, would you would go into that a little bit? How does that work? Yeah, I mean... Um, it, it's different for everyone. I, I actually made a post the other day. I loved this. It, it said something to the effect it was a meme I saw, but uh, the earth has music for all who are willing to listen. And I absolutely believe that. And, you know, not necessarily like you're going to hear these rhythms coming out of the wind in the trees, but truly like just the sounds of Mother Earth. Um, I enjoy taking walks in nature. I, I uh, write about that. I often suggest that to people reconnect with mother earth it is an absolutely a living organism and so we do have this complete interconnectedness to it that many of us aren't aware of unfortunately but when you quiet your mind and you're out there alone in nature um you do start to hear it and it's a really beautiful thing and not just hear it but feel it how much of our separation that we're seeing in our youth has to do with, you know, it's, you'd think we'd be more connected because, you know, your, your friends are just a, a, phone, a phone text away and that sort right. of thing. But they've done studies now and seeing that, that the youth are more, feel more isolated than ever before. Yes. Um, how much is that um, new dependence on cyber, cyberspace and stuff uh, isolating our children? Oh, it's huge. I, I would say it is the biggest contributing factor. Um, you know, again, I was just talking about this at, at the group um, that I was doing and how I asked, I actually went around the room and I like to do icebreaker questions and asked each uh, individual there, what was your favorite toy when you were a child? Even though these are still young, young 13 to 20 year olds. But um, it wasn't until I also liked to, there's a couple of, uh, they're called CC care coordinators there that are part of staff. And I like to include them. And it, and so the kids are going around and they're talking about their electronics, et cetera. And it wasn't until I asked one of the CCs and she said, the sandbox, the sandbox. And I was mm -hmm. like, yeah, exactly. So it was just interesting that we didn't have those screens growing up. And so in a way we were forced, you know, to be outside. Yes, we had toys, but we would bring those toys outside or, you know, just play, make forts, climb trees. And, and absolutely there is a huge disconnect and, and yeah, it's cause there's screens. We are connected at all times everywhere. Like I see people, I saw someone I was traveling the other day in a bathroom going to the bathroom at a urinal while texting. I'm like, you can't even take a break to go to the bathroom. It was I don't know, just baffling to me, but yeah. 
and at the same time, there's a certain um, um, disconnect in that we feel anonymous because it's not face to face, and people right. get um, insensitive in a way. And could that be at the base of the bullying? Yeah, oh, a big time. That and that—that's the first thing I, I thought of before you said that. That goes right back to cyberbullying, and not just that. Um, I, I see a lot of time posts on social media, and people get into these really ridiculous arguments over whatever it might be. But it's you know, it's very easy to be like a tough guy and make threats and and be really obnoxious when you're sitting behind uh, a, a computer screen. The things that didn't happen back years ago when we didn't have them. People would have more civil conversations, even if you didn't agree with one another. Um, but it's because you were face-to-face -face and you didn't kind of have that that little screen that allowed you to have some extra courage and say some things you might have otherwise not said. So um, there is absolutely a disconnect. And that's not just for the youth. It's, I think, for all generations. But yes, it, it probably does affect the younger uh, generation more. So how can we... Um... Um, use some of the ancient forms of spirituality to offer assistance to bring people back to connection? You know, something I, I like to ask uh, the people in the groups I do is um, try something like either putting little sticky notes on your computer screen um, that just say, uh, stop, you know, or uh, 10 seconds of silence, or they make wonderful apps where you can download them to your computer or your phone or wherever, where you could set it for every 10, 15, 30 minutes, every hour, doesn't matter. A quiet bell goes off, and that's simply a reminder to stop and take a breath just it, and be in the moment. Other practices, if you don't want to do that, is if you know your phone rings, take you can use that as a practice. Take a moment before you answer the call, take a conscious breath, be in the moment, then answer the call. Or if you're getting in your car, same thing. Before you start it, take a moment. I mean, there's a million different means and methods, but that's just a couple of simple things I think we can start incorporating that will help us to be more present in this very technological day and age. The breath is such an important thing, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. I mean, how can you go wrong? It's free. It is not, you know, it's not tied to any religion. We have it at all times. Um, it's that's why it's my favorite tool to work with. <laughs> so it's about time for another break. When sure. we get back, I'd like to get in a little further to breath and how it can be used um, as along with the old practices and the new ones coming up. So, Lovely. but it is time for another short pause. Chris and I will return to our discussion on the other side of this break. So you stay right there. This is the Mission Evolution Radio Show. We're coming to you on the Exxon Broadcast Network www.xzbn.net They are here, and they've been here for thousands of years, making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night, or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnix, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologist, Facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God. It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, 
a hereafter and son of God. And finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Welcome back. This is the Mission Evolution Radio Show, missionevolution.org, bringing leading-edge information supporting the path to enlightenment. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. We're speaking with Chris Grosso. His website, theindiespiritualist.com. As promised, what we're going to do is talk a little bit about breath, Chris. Um, and it, it seems like their breath work, while it's left out of a lot of our more... Um, Western traditions mm. is big in the East. Um, could you explain why it, why it works, how it works, and how we work with it? Oh yeah, I mean, there's so many different means and methods and forms. Um, I, I'll give uh, your listeners a very basic practice, uh, and I'll share it very quickly, um, just because it's what I like to do. I like people to walk away with substance, um, and this is a beautiful practice because it works twofold. So the practice itself, just very quickly for listeners, is. You breathe in through your nostrils for a count of four, so like one, one thousand, two, one thousand, et cetera. Then you pause as you hold that breath. And I'm sorry, when you breathe in through the nose, expand your stomach so you have a, a long, elongated belly. And then you pause for four seconds, and then you exhale through your mouth for uh, six seconds, kind of with your pursed lips making a shh sound. Now there's different versions. Some people do counts of five, seven, eight, some do five, five, five. Um, but I like to teach four, four, six, cause I found it's easy for people to do. And here are the two benefits quickly. One, um, there's, you don't need to do it a certain amount of times or, uh, for a certain length of time. It's an intuitive practice, but what it does do is it calms your central nervous system, which is a beautiful, natural way just to, if you know, if you've had uh, someone maybe just cut you off in traffic or something, it's a nice way to calm yourself down very naturally. And people often find themselves even begin to yawn. It calms them down so much. The other reason the practice is great is that you're focusing on your breath. You're focusing on counting. And so you're taking the discursive thoughts of your mind and you're replacing them with a, a one-pointedness of just counting and focusing on breath. So again, that was just a very quick four-four-six breath practice. Um, and, and but I do think that it is being incorporated a lot more now in the West, especially with yoga, um, teaching pranayama and different breathing techniques, uh, which is very nice to see. But like you said, it certainly was um, big uh, in the East, and uh, and is something like many of the traditions we use, uh, has now made its way to the West. How do you see our traditional approaches to spirituality failing our youth of today? Um, I think it goes back a little bit to what I was saying earlier. If you're trying to give them the same material that's been being used, and it's not just with spirituality, I believe it's kind of re relevant to anything, but when you're when you're offering the same old stuff over and over again, yes, some people might enjoy it, but uh, people need things that are more contemporary, more with the times, especially our youth. Hence the reason I take the approaches I do and, um, and try to incorporate music that, that, that they're familiar with or take song lyrics or, um, take a, a quote from a movie or a scene from a movie and tie that into, you know, here's how that, um, translates to a teaching from Buddhism or from mystic Christianity or uh, Vedanta, whatever the case may be, and try to make these uh, bridging gaps, like you said earlier, bridge in a way. And that's the way I see what I'm doing now is especially taking the work of my teachers like Ram Dass and, and Ken Wilber and Robert Thurman and people of those natures who are, are fantastic and their books are amazing. But they're probably, for a lot of young adults, a little over their head maybe or might not be of interest. So I'm just trying to bridge and distill that wisdom to them in a way that excites them, pulls them in, and makes it engaging for them. Uh, can we take a modern approach to old forms while remaining grounded in the tried and true principles? 
I absolutely believe so. Um, and that's why, you know, I wasn't sure, to be honest. I, I'm, I'm doing the work, especially with my first book, and it's an approach that was working for me. And I, I wasn't sure. You know, I'm like, look, this this has gotten me excited about my practice. It it helps me to sit on my cushion. I love looking for spirituality in places you might not typically consider finding it. Um, and what really gave me confidence in the fact that it is possible and not only possible, but necessary is once I started sending that book out to, um, my teachers or even before they were my teachers, you know, the spiritual greats, um, asking them, Hey, can you take a look? What do you think? Are you willing to write an endorsement? And, you know, through three books now, uh, they've been endorsed and this isn't bragging. This is just to kind of give credit to the fact that yes, it is, um, absolutely doable, but people like Ram Dass and Ken Wilber and Bob Thurman, Sharon Salzberg, Tara Brock, uh, Lama Surya Das, uh, Richard Rohr. I mean, even, uh, Jeff Bridges, uh, Tony Hawk, it, all these people and many, many more, uh, have been gracious enough to read my books and, they really appreciate this approach, and so and with, they say that in their endorsements. So, yeah, with the with the face of youth rapidly changing, yeah, what elements are needed in the spirituality of today and tomorrow that the traditional approaches lack? Again, I think just meeting them where they're at, and um, at least I can only answer from my experience and the way I approach it. Um, trying to to take the approach that really engages them. It, it, if I sat down in one of the groups I did with young adults and started reading out of the Bhagavad Gita, they would tune out within 10 seconds, the majority of them at least. But if I take an approach where I can tie in a story that might relate to that, you know, then I have their attention, um, then they're listening, and then they would, might be more apt to try a breath practice or to sit in meditation or a yoga pose. I, that, I think that's a, one of the core. And also just being real. Today is a lot different than the 50s and 60s. So the spirituality of today is different. Um, the teachings are, yes, true, timeless, but there are more timely ways they can be presented. How, how does the storytelling working with that? Because, you know, in all the traditions, traditions that I've worked with, I'm mm. Christ taught through parables. Yeah. How does storytelling fit in with, with what you're doing? So that's, it's funny because I, people call me a spiritual teacher and that always makes me feel weird. I feel like I, I call myself an experience sharer. And the reason I do that is because I will often cite examples from my own life or people I know and ways in which certain things happened and the spiritual context around them. So I'm not saying in any way I'm like a Christ sharing parables, you know, anywhere near what he would, he would do or, or the Buddha or whomever. But I feel like when you are sharing vulnerably about experiences and, Hey, it led me to this, or this happened because of that, um, again, I know we're short on time, so it's hard to go much more into it. I feel that that approach, that makes it more relatable. When you're telling them something about you um, that relates to a teaching in a way, you know, that that does make sense because it has to really relate, then you've got their attention. It's not just about, um, you know, Christ said this or Buddha said that. It's like, no, here, this happened to me and here's how it relates to this or that. So we're, we're talking authenticity and vulnerability 100%. here. Yes, completely. I, For me, that is the only approach I can take. That's all I know is um, wearing my heart on my sleeve when I write, um, being as transparent as humanly possible. And like I said, no BS, just being there and, and being as completely authentic and open and raw and vulnerable as possible. Mm. We seem to be undergoing a changing of the guard, spiritually speaking. Mm. Um, you know, a lot of the people that you mentioned, many spiritual teachers of our time are transitioning and others growing older. Yeah. Is someone picking up the spiritual baton, so to speak? There is. Uh, it's weird. Yes, there are a, a whole new generation of teachers, um, and it's exciting to see that. It's very sad at the same time. Like I know I've mentioned Ram Das a few times. He's been one of the great teachers in my life. He's getting older, Thich Nhat Hanh, Pema Chodron, and we've already lost some of the greats. Uh, but it is inspiring to see people who have either studied under them or have been influenced by them that are teaching, that are out there. There's 
uh, and not in all lineages, whether it is whether they're rooted out of Buddhism or mystic Christianity or Sufism uh, from Islam. Um, my approach is more of a kind of uh, Advaitic non-dual. Um, I like to draw from all the traditions, but I, I do see lots of people in their 30s, 40s, 50s that certainly are out there writing wonderful books and doing an excellent job. And that, again, are getting that support from the teachers that are kind of putting that seal of approval so people know, look, we're aware of what this generation is doing. And and yes, like they're they're bringing they're bringing it to you in a way that we agree with and and uh, and, and appreciate. We have about a minute left in this yeah. segment. How do you see this transition changing the face of spirituality? Great question. Um, one on which, to be totally honest, I don't know. Um, I am part of a group called the Evolutionary Leaders, which is a really wonderful collective of diverse uh, teachers. And that's something we talk about often. But it, it it's hard to pinpoint. Um, and that's something we've often discussed is what is it going to look like? And it's one of those cases where it kind of take it as it comes, you know, uh, to me, the best I can do is show up and offer what I can and try to be there in the moment and help in whatever way I can. But I really don't know. Um, it is an exciting time to be alive and to see these teachings for me come alive in new and different ways. But yeah, I honestly, it would just be conjecture. And, and I really, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's really fun, though, because it seems like with your approach, the uh, it's, it's a co-creation between what we can bring as the elders and what the youth bring to the table. So I'd like to talk to that on the other side of a commercial break. Sounds However, great. we do need to take another one. Chris and I will be back shortly, so don't leave us now. <laughs> this is the Mission Evolution Radio Show on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simul TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, sci-fi, and horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. They are here, and they've been here for thousands of years, making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night, or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net. 
So I was watching the X-Zone TV channel last night when I was abducted by aliens and they kept repeating to me over and over again, simultv.com, simultv.com. What's simultv.com? That's what I asked them. They had it written on the side of their UFO. How do you spell that? UFO. No, I mean simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Right. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Interesting that you were abducted by aliens in a simultv.com UFO last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Now that you mention it, I remember now last night, I was awakened from a deep sleep. My great-grandmother was standing there. She said she'd come from the hereafter to tell me about simultv.com. She even spelled it out for me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. Wow. Yeah. Guys, you'll never guess what my psychic guru just told me. SIMULTV.com. Exactly. Are you guys psychic too? Of course. We all know about SIMULTV.com. SIMULTV.com. Welcome back. This is the Mission Evolution Radio Show, bringing together gifted people of service to the world. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. I always love to hear from my listeners. Email me at info at missionevolution.org and suggest a topic or a guess that's on your mind. I'm sure we'll all enjoy them. Speaking of gift, gifted people of service to the world, our guest this hour is Chris Grasso. His website, theindiespiritualist.com. Chris, what we were looking at going into for this segment is how spirituality at this point sounds like it's has a possibility of becoming a co-creation between our youth coming on and those of us that carry the older wisdoms. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's something that, like we, I was saying, is really exciting to me. Uh, Bob Thurman, who's a wonderful professor of Tibetan Buddhism at Columbia University, just had me on his podcast a few weeks ago. And we spent a good chunk of that actually discussing just this. And it's really inspiring to me to see him, who is one of the most celebrated scholarly teachers uh, alive today, um, taking a real interest in this and trying to showcase that. And so he's having a lot of younger, uh, quote unquote, teachers like myself on his show and um, and just seeing that these elders recognize, like we've been talking about, the importance of really establishing that communication, keeping that open so that this new generation of teachers um, has a solid foundation upon which they're teaching from and sharing from so that that tradition can carry on to our youth. And so that's why, you know, it is exciting to take the great wisdom they've shared, bring our own flavor to it, but in a a way, again, in a way that they are um, approving of and and supporting and uh, bringing that to our youth. And then who knows what they will do and what that, like we were saying before break, what that's going to look like. It's it's, uh, something I'm very much looking forward to. Well, it's like coming out of dogma and into living spirituality, isn't it? Yeah, totally. That's the thing. And I think that, especially for me, um, when I was younger, I did not know the difference between religion and spirituality. Um, I thought it was all just a crutch, something that weak people needed. Um, I was very ignorant to it. And I find a lot of people I work with that are younger have a similar uh, askew understanding, no fault of their own. Um, but once they start to to learn that, oh, wait. There is a difference, and I don't need to necessarily believe in the dogma that has been forced upon me, um, you know, regardless of whatever religion it is, and I can find my own spirituality and what that means to me. That I love watching the way people light up when they come to that realization, and I think that's a big part of the shift that's happening today. We know traditionally we've been browbeaten with a lot of guilt and judgment, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> even though we're not supposed to be judgmental, right? Of course, right. And and I, you know, I I see the youth of today even more than we were really resistant to that approach. Yes, and there was a a Pew study that's off. It was done a while ago, and I don't know if it's been updated, but it was speaking now to uh, the number of atheists that are in the world. And I have plenty of friends who are atheists, and and you know whatever works for you. No problem. Um, even Ram Dass has said, I'm an atheist in the sense I don't believe in anything, meaning thoughts are just uh, beliefs. They, At the end of the day, they mean nothing because they're just a belief. Underneath that, what he would say is the soul, the spirit, and that's the true reality. Um, but 
this living spirituality, I love that you called it that, that, that really is what is taking hold today, I think. And, and it really is coming alive in new and exciting ways. And, uh, and it's allowing people to express it in ways that haven't been seen before, but it does not mean it's any less valid. It just hasn't been, you know, expressed and people are bringing that into their, uh, I don't know whether they're working on, uh, well, books is the obvious, but uh, movie scripts, music. There's a lot of spirituality in um, music today that you wouldn't consider spiritual music, but it's there. So anyways, yeah, it's, it's great. It's wonderful to watch. It, you know, you've written about having a non-dual interconnected experiences. What are those exactly? So what that means is essentially, um, and all of the great wisdom traditions at their core talk about the non-duality or, or oneness, et cetera. Um, and I've had many of those and probably plenty of people listening to your show have had them. Um, a lot of people associate them with meditation when you're meditating and you get to a deep state where your sense of yourself is gone and all that's left is literally the oneness that um, everything arose from, the, the great quantum soup, if you will. And so what, when I talk about that, I've had plenty of experiences at concerts. I've had them in meditation. I've had them while running. But again, what I mean is the sense of egoic Chris, Chris Grasso, who is speaking right now, is gone. And there is simply just a pure witnessing awareness. Nothing more, nothing less. There is no sense of Chris left whatsoever. And it's that at the again at the core of the great wisdom traditions is what they talk about the source of all isness comes from is this witnessing awareness that and if we speak it to it uh, from physics it is the emptiness the the waves and particles the quantum soup that then takes shape and form and turn into what we see as the uh, physical manifestation of life and who we are. Again, very nutshell version, because I know we're limited on time. Um, <laughs> well, we, we could do... We we could fill another hour with that alone I was for sure. It's just, just a fascinating that, topic. Yeah. You know, can producing non-dual interconnected experiences alleviate the isolation so many in our culture are currently suffering from? Yeah, not only that, I, I think it's entirely necessary. And again, that's why I try to take the approach I do to help um, sneak interest in meditation in there for younger people because – it's not that you only get those experiences from meditation. They've happened to people who have no interest, have never read anything about spirituality. So it's not that you need to meditate, but the one kind of tried and true way that, that those things tend to happen is through meditation, you know, aside from the million other great benefits of that. But, the you know, and then I find that, at least for me and many people I've spoken with, that once you start having them, they happen more frequently and you know, they, and it's not that you're trying to get them, but when they happen, it's wonderful because there is a very unitive feeling and that comes with you out into the world. It doesn't make you a perfect person all the time, but it certainly helps. So where does this interconnectedness take place? Is it a heart connection? It, the, I mean, you could say the heart is part of it. Ramana Maharshi, a great uh, Vedic master, said that everything arises out and from the physical heart. Um, but even underneath that, it's it's literally formless. If we're speaking in Buddhist terms, it's complete emptiness, which to some people sounds like a, a drab and dreary thing, but it's not. Uh, I love Thich Nhat Hanh says, um, because of emptiness, everything is possible. Meaning, you know, since... There is this formlessness that gives rise to form. That's what makes everything possible. So when when I or anyone is in that state of pure witnessing awareness, non-dualistic, whatever, it goes by different names. Um, it's just it's like everything and nothing at the same time. It, it's so hard to explain. It's one of those things where you really just need to have that experience in order to truly understand it. Like I can tell someone what an orange tastes like, but until they actually taste an orange, they'll never fully understand it, if you know what I mean. I do. I do. And But it seems like we're getting our noise, our judgments, um, our lockdowns out of the way so we can experience more mobility. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, totally agreed. And that's the beauty of it. And But that's also not to say they don't come back because Sure, we have these great experiences, but life is still life. You know, after Christ had his enlightenment or Buddha had his, they were still in human bodies. So 
they still felt pain, they still suffered, they still, you know, had anguish over things. I'm, you know, I'm sure they still had arguments. It, it happens. Even the great teachers of more recent times have had their failings. And, you know, there's no shortage of that, especially in this day and age. Um, so these things are wonderful in that they can help make us more integrated, healthy individuals and share that with others. Yet it doesn't make us perfect beings. So it's important to also still look at ourselves and do whatever work we need to do on us. Uh, therapy or groups or, or whatever that might be. It's absolutely a process, isn't it? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Chris, what are our youth trying to tell us? That they need to be heard more than anything else that um, they, they don't feel heard. And I also think that contributes to a lot of the acting out that we see and not just, you know, there's the obvious school shootings. Uh, there is the drug addiction, there is the self-harm, there is the suicide attempts. And these things are happening on a daily basis. And I say that from ex you know personal experience. Um, and I think that these are unfortunately ways that uh, the teens or younger people, they don't know how else or what else to do in order to feel heard. So for any adults listening, I encourage you, listen. You know, yes, be a parent, be a, an adult, be be the role model, but also listen. You know, we do a lot of talking to kids, but not a lot of people listen. So that's the that's the big thing for me. And especially when I go in, any work I do, it's very interactive. So I share and I start, but I'm there to listen just as much as I am to speak. And and that's I, I'm I'm telling you from so many years of doing this, they just don't feel heard. That's a big the biggest issue I think going on right now. What a beautiful point. We're about out of time, but what a beautiful message is these gifted ones are coming with, with as much of the answers as we have, if not more. We Absolutely. do need to listen, don't we? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. They have so much wisdom. Absolutely. Yeah. Brilliant. Chris, it's absolutely been wonderful. Unfortunately, we are out of time. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for coming on the show. It is my pleasure. Thanks for the invitation. Yeah. Our guest this hour has been Chris Grosso a youth mental health group facilitator with Newport Academy, public speaker, writer, and author of Indie Spiritualist, Everything Mind, and Dead Set on Living. His website, theindiespiritualist.com. Remember to join our email family to stay abreast of all the exciting new things we have coming up on missionevolution.org. This has been Mission Evolution Radio Show with Wilda Wiecka on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. Join us next time as the mission continues, bringing information, resources, and support to an evolving world. They are here, and they've been here for thousands of years, making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night, or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I dot net. If you are looking for a safe, zero-calorie, natural option to the harmful artificial sweeteners on the market today, Just Like Sugar is what you're looking for. Just Like Sugar is a wonderful natural alternative for those health-conscious people who choose a calorie-restricted diet with a great, pure, sweet flavor that tastes just like sugar. Just Like Sugar is a great natural option for people suffering from diabetes and may be useful in restricted diet programs where standard sugars are not allowed and does not cause a laxative effect of some other sweeteners. Just Like Sugar comprises a perfect blend of chicory root fiber, natural calcium, natural vitamin C, and Just Like Sugar sweetness comes from the natural flavors from the peel of the orange. 
Just Like Sugar is a natural alternative to harmful artificial sweeteners and will change the way that you believe all natural sweetener products taste. Just Like Sugar is available at your local Whole Foods markets, Wild Oats markets, Henry's, Sun Harvest, and many other fine natural food stores in the U.S., Canada, and worldwide. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simo TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today, Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. <laughs> 